This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Siobhan Moran McFarlane. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday, 20th of September. In your squiz today, a funeral for the ages, boots on the ground for Taiwan, storms on both sides of the world, and fighting floods with cheese. This is your squiz today. Claire, planned to precision and packed with rituals and meaning, Queen Elizabeth's state funeral and committal services went off without a hitch overnight, bringing to an official close the end of the second Elizabethan era. There were thousands who came out to line the streets and to catch one last glimpse of her coffin as the world watched via big TV broadcasts. It was fed by 275 camera positions. It's been a really big day. Uh, There have been more than eight hours of services and processions between London and Windsor, and that has led to the Queen's interment uh, in the George VI Memorial Chapel at Windsor Castle. Uh, It was a day very heavy with formalities, but she was remembered at the service at Westminster Abbey as someone who touched a multitude of lives during her 70-year reign. Uh, But when it comes to those very personal reflections on her life, we didn't get to see that. Uh, There was a final service at Windsor with her nearest and dearest, and that was said to be a deeply personal family occasion. Yes, and everyone who watched will have had moments that stood out for them. For me, it was the wreath of flowers on top of her coffin, which were selected by King Charles and sourced from the gardens of Buckingham Palace, Clarence House and Highgrove House, and each of them had a special meaning about love and happy marriage. Yeah, that was really lovely. Uh, The 10 pallbearers did an incredible job. Um, They are soldiers from the Queen's Company, uh, 1st Battalion Grenadier Guards. They were deployed on operations in Iraq until last week and they were called back. Uh, They carried her very heavy lead-lined coffin between the processions uh, to its final resting place, which is all the more remarkable after reading reports that said that it weighed more than 270 kilograms. It's unlikely we will see a funeral on this scale ever again, with estimates that as many as 4 billion people may have watched it on TV. Staying overseas, Claire, and US President Joe Biden has repeated his position that America would defend Taiwan if it were to be attacked during a new interview with CBS's 60 Minutes program. And that's not very notable because, as you alluded to, he said that before. What's different about this interview is that Biden has clearly said yes to a question about whether US troops would defend Taiwan if it was attacked by China. Now, to explain that a little bit, that's different to America's approach and the approach of other Western nations when it comes to Ukraine. Uh, None will send troops to Ukraine, but they are sending weapons and support. And with Taiwan, America's formal policy is that it isn't a country, it's a Chinese territory. So the idea that US troops would go and defend Taiwan if there was a Chinese invasion is something to really take note of. Yeah, it sure is. And another thing to take note from that interview is that at 79 years old, 
Biden has kept his options open about running in the next presidential election. He's already the oldest person to serve as the president of the United States. And with his predecessor, Donald Trump, now 76 years old and making noises about a comeback, it's looking like it could be another fascinating race for the White House. Yesterday, Claire, we spoke about Typhoon Nanmadol that is currently battering Japan. But on the other side of the planet, millions of people in Puerto Rico are also dealing with Hurricane Fiona. And if you can believe it, it's the fifth anniversary of Hurricane Maria, uh, which was the worst natural disaster to ever hit Puerto Rico, killing 3,000 people. It's a US territory and President Joe Biden has declared a state of emergency after its entire power grid was knocked out. Uh, There's also been widespread flooding and landslides that has swept away homes and bridges and other vital infrastructure, including an airport runway. Uh, Reports overnight say that Fiona could be worse than Maria, uh, and they're still really coming to grips with the destruction there. Uh, And there's more to come in that region as Fiona heads north. And going back to Japan, the storm is forecast to continue over the main island of Honshu today, bringing heavy rainfall in Osaka and Kyoto before moving over Tokyo and northeastern Japan tomorrow. So there's still a lot of uncertainty around how much of the country will be affected. Coming home, Claire, there's been a bit of chatter lately about your feelings towards vegetables. (laughs) But uh, words that you may find more appealing as a cheese lover are a sharp cheddar with just a hint of goat in the background. (laughs) Well, look, as a cheese lover and a goat admirer, they are magical words. And yes, what's happened is that four producers from southeast Queensland's scenic rim region, it was an area that was devastated by floods earlier this year, they've banded together. Uh, They each make cheese using cow, sheep, goat and camel varieties of milk uh, and the floods saw them lose a lot of their production. So by blending all of those milks, they've come up with a new cheese called U plus three. And look, I don't want to get into how complicated it was to make that cheese, except to say that the four milks have different properties. So there was a lot of trial and error about how to make it into a really delicious cheese. Yes, it's also been described as the truffle of the cheese world, which sounds pretty good to me. Mm. And if you happen to be in or around the town of Beachmont, a local restaurant is making gourmet toasties to showcase the cheese. So get in there quick, I reckon. (laughs) I'm boarding my plane now. Claire, many of those listening, and myself included, love a bit of a drama and a musical, which is why there are a lot of people upset by the news that New York's Theatre District is saying farewell to Phantom of the Opera, which will come to an end after nearly 35 years and 13,500 performances to 19 million people. Long-time squizzers will know that I'm not a musical fan, so uh, it's probably important to note that I'm also not here to do a victory lap over the demise of Phantom on Broadway. Uh, But look, it's the longest-running show on Broadway, having started in 1988, so there must be something to it. What it comes down to is that theatre in New York was closed for 18 months during the pandemic, and the show never really fully recovered after that with increasing production costs 
costs, uh, also stagnant ticket sales. Uh, and what they say is that means that it often runs at a loss. So the producer Cameron McIntosh says that the final curtain will fall in February in 2023. Well, I have seen it and I absolutely love it. And Phantom will continue to run in other countries. So if you haven't seen it but you want a chance, it is coming here to Australia from October at the Sydney Opera House. So you've still got time, Claire. Give it a go. (laughs) Pass, pass, (laughs) hard pass. A quick message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic Dam Copper Mine. It's happening now at BHP. Claire, as Aussies, we know that if you're on a bicycle, you need to watch out for magpies at this time of year. But apparently avian awareness hasn't been taught to foreign riders who are descending on the city of Wollongong. Yeah, and it's not just any competition in Wollongong. It's the World Road Cycling Championships that are underway. And organisers appear to have missed the memo that it's magpie swooping season. Or maybe actually they're being really tricky and it's just to make the competitors pedal a bit harder as they get to the finish line because the finish line for the races are right near a warning sign, warning cyclists that they're entering a danger zone. Yeah, it almost makes you wonder if someone designed the route to end with a bit of chaos on purpose. (laughs) But uh, at least they're going to have stack hats on. Yeah, Maggie's don't like that. Squiz the day, Claire. What are you reflecting on today? It's the anniversary of the Battle of the Sexes. That was a tennis showdown between Billie Jean King and Bobby Riggs. Uh, Emma Stone and Steve Carell made a movie on that in 2017 and it's worth a look if you need something to stream online sometime. I'm inspired by all this talk of cheese, and while it's not as classy as the U plus three cheese, it's National Pepperoni Pizza Day in the US, which is definitely the best pizza topping, so I reckon I might indulge myself for dinner tonight, maybe while watching that movie as well. (laughs) Nice one. That's all from us today, but have a fantastic day, and Claire and I will be back tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.